Today on the show, I'll be talking to Nick Yondel. Nick is currently playing Dr. Rand on ABC's Nashville, and I'll talk to him about the final two episodes for season three, as well as some of his other work, so stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to Benjamin Man McKay's Talk To Me. I'm your host, Benjamin, and joining me on the show today is Nick Yondel. Now, Nick is currently on ABC's Nashville, which, if, you, if you've listened to my reviews of the DVDs of Nashville, you'll know it's one of my favourite shows on television. And he talks about the final two weeks of season three, and the, uh, his, I suppose, his hopes for season four, as well as some of his other work. And then I'll... Uh, uh, no DVD reviews this month, I have no content from anyone, but uh, I'll be back uh, next month with some uh, reviews, and you may be wondering uh, right now why we have a, a normal podcast instead of a best of. Uh, well, initially, as you know, it's the one year anniversary since Talk To Me launched, and I was planning to uh, edit together a best of, but then I talked to uh, to Nick on, on Tuesday morning, and um, I thought his interview was so time-specific uh, talking about Nashville, and it's such a great interview anyway, I thought I'd release that now and have just one podcast, so uh, even though there's no best of, there'll still be just the one this month, and I'll be back to the normal format of two per month next time. However, after the interview, I do have some reviews of uh, new release movies or upcoming movies to uh, to read out, so uh, stay tuned for those afterwards. But uh, here's my chat with Nick Yondel. Enjoy! Welcome to the show, and thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Now, who or what inspired you to become an actor? Man, um, I think I have to credit my family for that. Um, they raised me uh, surrounded by so much of everything. And um, and that wasn't just uh, music, but it was it was performance and art and nature and, and a whole lot of stuff. And, and the, you kind of couldn't go wrong with them you know if if you loved it they you know they supported you doing it and so i you know i played a bunch of instruments as a kid and and i always loved uh movies and tv and uh, theater and they were just 100 percent behind me every step of the way i mean i i was uh i by the time i got to college i was i, I was pre-med i thought i was gonna be a real doctor in real life and um so when i just told them i was gonna switch to a drama major that took some explanation but um Luckily, I've had someone to show for it. Mm, it's always wonderful to have a supportive environment to start with, especially in this career. Yeah, but I, you know, like in elementary school, uh, way back, so when I was just a little kid, I remember going to show a theater, live theater, and just looking up on stage and just feeling like, oh my God, what is that? I want to do that. <laughs> you know, how do they do that? And just, just in awe. I mean, I would idolize. I'd go to like the local high school plays when I was younger, and I would just idolize these these high schoolers who, who were putting on these performances, which were good, but um, I just, uh, it took me a long time to get the guts to, to audition. It wasn't really until college, but um, it, that's really where I just, I think, was blown away by what you could do as a performer. So you've decided to take on acting. Where do you start from there? Um, when, kind, of, kind of when I fully embraced that this would be my profession, you mean? Yeah, from there. So after yeah, you told your parents. Um, uh, <laughs> a lot of faith. <laughs> I think um, it, it, it is impossible to predict this career and impossible to control. And so for me, I kind of had to figure out at least what city I wanted to start in. And um, I decided to bypass New York and go to Chicago. Spent a year in Chicago to kind of get my feet wet. And 
I trained at Second City Improv and did some theater and film and um, kind of just learned some basics so that when I got to LA, I would be somewhat more prepared. You know, you still kind of start from scratch anyway, but I spent a year in Chicago and, um, you know, I've been working day jobs for uh, years and years and waiting tables. And I, I got my first, uh, my manager, uh, who still represents me today, um, sort of did that quintessential discovering of an actor. I, I was, I was waiting on him in a diner and, um, he asked if I would take a meeting and I did. And, uh, that's kind of spawned everything else. I and mean, that, that's really kind of where it began. So from there, was there a project or experience you saw as a turning point for your career? Um, you know, there have been a couple, and, and each one is, is uh, this is going to sound so cheesy, but each one is special in its own way. But, um, you know, there was like my first paid professional TV gig, and that was fun. That was NCIS Los Angeles. Um, and then soon after that, I booked what I really thought was just going to launch me into the stratosphere, which was Green Lantern, um, you know, the superhero pick for Warner Brothers, directed by Martin Camp. Well, you know, with Ryan Reynolds, Mark Strong, Blake Lively, Tim Robbins, like, and I was to play Ryan Reynolds' brother, you know, and I was just like, this is it, like, guys, I'm, I'm in, and um, sure enough, the movie tanked, and uh, that was the end of that, and it was a, a much smaller role than I think I sort of hoped for or had envisioned, so, um, but, you know, it was still kind of a watershed moment, and like, okay, I, I just got hired to be on this massive movie, and it's like it, I've been going through this ongoing process because I've been doing it so long of like trying to just, you know, accept that like, yeah, this is what I do for a living now. And, and each job brings you closer to really embracing that fact. And, um, and I, I think it's a long winded answer, but, um, I think uh, in 2014 last year, um, I did a, uh, a comedy show for Hulu called the 49ers and then fall. And that, that was like a big lead role. And then following that, I, I was a lead in a pilot for CBS uh, for a show that didn't get picked up, but that was with Jamie Lee Curtis and I played her son and it was, uh, another huge director, Gavin O'Connor. And I, I just, um, that I think was like this huge confidence boost and this huge, uh, turning point for me. And from then on, I just kind of been going, going all out. Mm. I'm sure there'll be more pilots and hopefully shows to come. Yes, it's uh, it's always a hustle, and with Nashville, um, um, you know, last season I was a recurring guest star, so sort of con contractually, it's it's somewhat unpredictable um, until you become a, a series regular, and so I'm still auditioning as as if nothing's happened, and uh, you just kind of take what's next. Right now, I'm gonna cross my fingers for a season four of Nashville, but in the meantime, uh, I'm certain. They're not stopping, and, and you just uh, you, you go and take everything, you know? You gotta mm. do it all. Well, you, you mentioned Green Lantern, and while the movie did flop, what was the experience like working on such a big-budget superhero movie? Um, it was it was almost as cool as, as it sounds. I mean, I remember the first day I landed in New Orleans, where we were filming, and they drove me straight to set on uh, this place just outside of New Orleans itself, at this uh, old abandoned airport. And... Uh, I pull onto the tarmac and I see like 300 crew members. There's a, 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 ex, a experimental fighter jet that they're exploding on the tarmac. And I was just, I remember pulling up, you know, getting out of my, my fancy black car and just being like, okay, I've, I've made it. Like, this is it. And uh, it, it was a huge production, as you can imagine. Um, 
and you know shooting in New Orleans is about as much fun as shooting in Nashville. It's just such a cool city. So it was uh, it was a whirlwind couple weeks, and they actually extended my time there um, by an extra week. So I, I really got a chance to play around and, and get my feet wet. Mm. Well, as you say, as an actor, you get to do a fair bit of traveling. Where's been your favorite location to shoot in? I mean, I feel like I should say Nashville just to uh, <laughs> just to appease everyone, but it's kind of true. I mean, um, I would you know what? I'm just going to name three. I'm going to say Nashville, New Orleans, and then Vancouver. Um, that CBS pilot I did was in Vancouver, and I also shot a, a CW show called Cult um, up in Vancouver as well. And that is a gorgeous, beautiful part of the world. Um, uh, Nashville is this hip, awesome, booming town with amazing food and music and New Orleans, uh, you know, what do you say? It's New Orleans. It's uh, impossible not to have a good time. So I would, I would say those are my top three. I'm waiting for a job that takes me back to Massachusetts, my home state, because that would just be a blast. I would love to go back and work there. It certainly would be. So what would you say has been your favorite project so far? Um, man, they all have different, uh, things that I love. Um, Nashville, I have really enjoyed most because of sort of the family environment. It's, you know, this huge cast that has been together for a long time and they, they welcomed me right away. And, um, I don't think you can really, um, that, that's not always the case. And in this show, certainly it has been. And so it's been the most extended, um, experience. And as an actor, anything close to a nine to five is, is, almost unheard of unless you're really on a show for a long time. And so this is the closest I've been to that and that kind of predictable um, joy that I've been living. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know beyond that. I, I'd say that the pilot I did last year, there was a ton of uh, intensive medical training and I did do this massive surgery scene as the head surgeon. And I, I got a lot of training and we had this amazing fake body cadaver thing that you know, we were like elbows deep in and, you know, pulling out fake organs and using scalpels. It was, it was wild. That was a lot of fun, too. Did that training help, I suppose, for Nashville when you're playing a doctor as well? It did. It did. As did my, my education. You know, like I studied a lot of science in school and um, it just, you know, in terms of dealing with the jargon and, and just comfort in terms of knowing sort of what you're talking about, it certainly helped to have some of that background. Um, I've been, you know, as a, a doctor on Nashville, it's been pretty... Um, Uh, more office based. I haven't, you know, I'm not like a surgeon on the show, but, um, you know, I always like to come from a place of truth and and knowing what I'm talking about. So it it certainly helped to have some uh, experience. Mm, Well, you talk about coming from a place of truth. How do you prepare before playing a new role? Um, as much homework as you can. Uh, I, uh, there's so much to be done. I like to try to get at you know, who, who these people are on a very personal, deep level, private level, almost, you know, um, what drives them in life, what drives them in each scene, you know, what are they lacking? What are their insecurities? Uh, what are their goals in life? And, um, I think if you really have a clear idea of those things and kind of what they want uh, and where they're going, then you can paint a pretty cool picture. And, and I, you know, I, I always try to like, draw from my own life experience because that's all we have you know as actors we're kind of just imitating everything all the time and uh, um, you have to draw from your own experience so uh, it's it's definitely a, a smorgasbord of, of things that I kind of bring in and, and take on each role mm. with well you have to yeah you do because people call you out real quick otherwise 
Now, as you as you've already been mentioning, you have recently joined Nashville as Deacon Claiborne's doctor. How did this role come about for you? So, a long time in the making. This is actually, it was my third or fourth audition for the show. Um, I previously auditioned for Gunner. I had auditioned for a couple others. And um, the casting director is a really good friend. And she's always looked out for me and kept bringing me back in, bringing me back in. And this was just the one that finally broke. I mean, it was a really good match. You know, as an actor, you know, like, you, sometimes you leave an audition. You're like, yeah, I had a pretty good beat on that one. Um, I felt I felt good about it. It wasn't a sure shot, but it was definitely one that felt like, yeah, I might have a real chance at this. Um, and, you know, so when I got it, it was amazing. And uh, it was recurring. This was, this was my first ever recurring role. And, um, you know, we talked that it was going to be like three episodes, maybe more. And I just didn't want to get my hopes up too much. But sure enough, now we're 11 episodes later and um, potentially more. So I, I'll say, but it's just been a... a total, total dream that I haven't had to wake up from yet. Well, how would you describe the role of uh, Dr. Caleb? Um, he's a good guy. He's a really good guy. He's, but I think, you know, there's, there, he, he's a little lonely too. You know, he moved down from Manhattan and um, Nashville's a huge change. Granted, it's one of the most welcoming cities in the world, but um, it's still tough. And, and uh, you know, as of now, we haven't really seen much of his world outside of Scarlet. And, you know, I don't know how much there is. He's pretty new to town. He's still making friends. And I think a lot of that is, is, has been through Scarlet. And, um, and so I think he leans on, on that and, and on her. And I think he's, he's also someone who realizes the benefit of having a life outside of work. Um, I think he's, he's a go-getter, you know, he's doing well at such a young age, but, um, I think now that he's slowly starting to get a foothold in Nashville, he's, you know, looking to, to take care of his social life and take care of his, uh, his personal life outside of that. But, um, you know, it's funny. I was, I was wondering, like, you know, to ask, ask the writers about this sometimes, like, so does he know country music well? So like the fact that he's treating Deacon, you know, like such a music star, is that like a thing for him when he, and we don't really deal with it. Like when I first did, did a scene with Connie Britton, you know, with Raina James, we didn't really establish that I had any reaction to, to that she was a country star or not. But I, I always think it's funny, like maybe, you know, uh, does he have any idea about, about who these people are and like just how famous they are or not? Well, I mean, on a, on a real level, what was your reaction to having a scene with Connie Britton? I mean, that must have been pretty awe-inspiring. Yeah, I can tell everyone this. I, um, I was a huge Friday Night Lights fan. Um, this such a great series. And she was just so phenomenal in that show and so lovable. And... Uh, it was one of my one of my first like starstruck moments. I mean, I'm just so in awe of her, and to finally, I had to keep my cool. I really did, and it was tough. Um, and it was like, kind of an intense scene too. But um, and I haven't, I haven't to this day, I haven't confessed how obsessed I am with with Friday Night Lights. I'm trying to keep it professional, but it, I think now I'm at a point where I can uh, I can totally just uh, admit <laughs> to her um, how how great she was. But um, it's been. Um, so great working with her. She's so in it every day. She's so talented. Mm. Now, in one of your character's first appearances on the show, you informed the audience that Deacon had cancer. Now, he's a very popular character. Did you face any social media backlash after that episode? I did, and and a lot of um, uh, obligation now that I feel. 
um, it's been pretty intense. You know, it's like I'm just doing my job. I, I can't not tell him. I can't not tell people. Um, but uh, certainly they've, they've, I think there's a hashtag out there on Twitter, uh, Save Deacon and, um, and a few others. But that's, I mean, every week it's just like, okay, Doc, you know, you're, you're good on the show and all, and that's fine, and Scarlet and whatever, that's cool. But could just, just say Deacon, just make sure you do that. Like, people, that's at the top of their list. And uh, I get it. I mean, he's so good. And um, it's, uh, it's, it's quite a burden to carry around. And, um, you know, it is a team effort, too. Like, it's, uh, he's on the transplant list. He's, uh, he's got potential donors, you know, that he might know. It's just this whole thing. And I'm just trying to juggle it all while being in a relationship with his niece. So I'm certainly uh, pretty deep into it. Mm. Now, you, yeah, you mentioned your relationship with Scarlett. You're also in the middle of a love triangle there with Scarlett and Gunnar. How do you think Caleb won Scarlett over? I think he's just something completely new and different for her. Um, and she's she's been ready for that. Um, you know, I think being in the, the performance world, you can get caught in a small group of people. You know, it's, it's these, these towns feel big, but they're not, you know, the small towns, Nashville and Los Angeles, I'll, I'll tell you. Um, and, and I think maybe there's an element of that. Like she just wanted to break out of that circle, that community. And, and it was out of nowhere, I think very unexpected for Scarlett too, but um, she ran with it and I ran with it. And it has been a really nice kind of natural match. I think uh, we offset each other. We, we play off each other and, um, you know, we're very different people in, in, a, in a way, Scarlett and Dr. Rand, but um, we complement each other so well. And so, but <laughs> certainly is the pressure, uh, especially considering she's in a band with him. And, um, you know, you know, I know how much history they've had and, and you're just kind of waiting for something to happen and just hoping that the old flame is, uh, is extinguished. But uh, you just never know, especially mm -hmm. on these shows. Well, I mean, now it's just Scarlett and Gunner as Avery left the band a couple of weeks ago. I mean, does that... Oh, heck. Yeah, that, that's got to, I suppose, create some more tension for, for you as a character there. It does, and we, I'm, I've been really excited to start to explore that as a, as a character and as an actor because, um, you know, that's the good stuff. That's the juicy stuff. And, and really trying to suss out, okay, so here's my significant other that I care about so much and... Um, how do you support her and her musical career and the necessity that she has, you know, that she's with uh, Gunner in this band and, you know, her success is very much wrapped up into that. But, um, you know, I'm on my guard. And I think, uh, like, like I said, I, I'm still, you know, gaining my foothold in Nashville itself. And so everything is just heightened and, and my relationship is no exception. I think um, really, Really curious and nervous, definitely. Dr. Rand is definitely nervous about, um, you know, the future because uh, they're not going anywhere yet, you know? Mm. So do you think the relationship has a future? I mean, you know, you've got all these other I factors. Do. I do. And, um, you know, I have filmed these last couple episodes. I know what happens and, and uh, it's it's very exciting for everyone. Um, uh, they certainly don't shy away from keeping keeping everyone guessing. But um, I think there absolutely is. You know, I, I compare it to the uh, the back in season one and two, I guess, and I guess even into this season, the, the Teddy Deacon Reina triangle. You know, it's it's pretty similar. And um, you know, I would definitely be the Teddy in that situation. Um, uh, Doctor Rand is is the Teddy, and it's like he had to live with 
uh, Raina and Deacon for many, many years and they made it work, but man, it provided a lot of drama, a lot of good drama. So I think that, um, you know, certainly the social media response has been awesome and people seem to love how this has created this new element, this new love triangle. And, um, I think there's a lot of potential there. I think there's a lot to explore and, you know, again, it could be a version of like what Raina and Deacon went through, but I think there's, there's a lot there. We'll see. We'll see what the writers decide to do with it. And as you said, we've got a big season finale coming up. Is it going to be as suspenseful as the last couple who have certainly left us on the edge of our seats? Oh, 100%. Maybe even worse, I think. <laughs> and, and by worse, I mean better. Like, it, yes. it'll, it'll really... People are not going to be happy, but they're going to, I think, applaud it because it, it, it's such... I don't know. It takes a lot of talent, I think, for as writers to really leave people hanging, you know, give them enough and, and move the plot along, but but still leave this cliffhanger that will just you know, drive you crazy for months until the show comes back in September or October, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed. Exactly. Um, there, there's, you know, because this show has so many storylines going, so many characters, and they have to touch on and wrap up uh, or leave hanging every single one of them, and they do, and they do a, a pretty masterful job of it. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I, I always uh, ask my listeners to send in questions, and a lot of listeners would like to know, could we ever hear you sing on Nashville? You know what? I'm uh, I'm always ready to rock. I, I think you know um, the show has so many amazingly talented people. I'm intimidated. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. And on the other hand, you know, to have the doctor start to become musical would be awesome. Like I would love to to you know play some instruments or sing or something. But um, I don't know. I mean, you could also argue that that would feel kind of contrived. You know, like maybe the fact that I that Dr. Rand is outside of that world is really where it's at and what's what's sweet about that um, for Scarlet especially. But, you know, there's also some middle ground. I, I, I always kind of loved the idea of like, you know, she could uh, she could start playing music around the house when we're, you know, staying in each other's places. And uh, maybe she starts to teach me something, you know, whether it's like something on the piano or something we could sing together. Maybe maybe as like, you know, Dr. Dork, as, uh, as Gunners called me. Uh, <laughs> You know, I try to like sing or something really, really poorly just to, just to make an effort. You know, I, I don't know. I, I'm down. I'm down. But I, I would certainly want extensive uh, brush up coaching and training before I did because there are a lot of really talented people. <laughs> so not quite ready to join the Nashville tour then? Uh, I don't know. I could, you know what? I'm more confident in my instrumental abilities, but um, uh, which involve piano and uh, some drums and a little guitar as well. But yeah, I don't know. I'm a great harmonizer. All right, well, there you go. The, the Nashville producers can hear this and uh, take that on board. Yeah, well, they've heard it, trust me. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah. Look, you know, I keep busy with music on the side, so I'm, I'm happy regardless. I'm just, I'm just happy to be employed on mm. the show. I mean, you are spending a fair bit of time in, in Nashville, which is quite a musical city. Have you ever, you know, gone and, and played some music in a bar or a pub or something? I mean, it's, it's such a musical, rich city. Yeah, and that's like, I mean to do an open mic sort of thing in Nashville would be, I think, even scarier because <laughs> I'm sure that most open nights you go to are, are full of, you know, like world-class talent. Um, and again, I, I can hold my own, but uh, I would be too terrified. But I certainly go out and watch shows. I go to a lot of venues. Um, I try to when I have time when I'm there. And um, it really is as good as everyone says it is. I mean, there's just so much talent and so much history there. So it's, it's so cool. Mm. Well, can you take us through an average day on set for you? Yeah, 
um, just surrounded by nice people who take too good care of me and, and us. Um, you know, they, they treat us, us actors so well. And um, the whole crew, from everyone at the base camp where our trailers are to, you know, the craft services people, uh, catering, um, you know, all the, the drivers, um, it's awesome. And, and so, like, from the moment you get there on any, any given day, you're just running into, like, 100 people. And they're all got their own specialties and help you, you know, uh, from every step of the way, hair and makeup, um, everything. And then you're on set and usually it's a super fast paced, you know, televisions, productions are, uh, schedules are, are incredibly fast. And, um, so we, we don't have too much time to play around, but I will give, I, I love these, uh, producers and directors on Nashville because they, they definitely, when they can honor time to rehearse, uh, scenes rather than just going into shooting them, which, which is often the case in television. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, get rid of the, most of the crew and it'll just be the director and the writer and the actors. And we'll, we'll walk through the scene. We'll talk about it. We'll figure out kind of where it needs to be. And, um, that's a great thing to have on set. Uh, like I said, that's, that's not always the case on TV shows. So, you know, we'll rehearse and we'll just, we'll go for it, you know, and, and sometimes it'll be two takes and you're moving on and other times it'll be 12 takes. So, uh, um, but it's a big, big, big community and ton of people involved, a huge crew, beautiful stages that they have. And we'll go out on location and the city will welcome us in with open arms. They're, they're great. They're really supporting the show so well. Well, I mean, some of the scenes that you've been involved in are quite emotional, especially telling Deacon he's got cancer or a lot of last week's stuff, uh, or was it the week before when he wasn't able to have the transplant? How how is, does that feel as actors? I mean, you know, you're working quite closely with these people, and you've got to get so emotionally involved in that. Yeah, it's uh, it's very intense, and um, you know, that's the kind of the beauty of of acting is um, is you feel it as a person, not just as your role. And um, and you know, I I wanted to kind of research that as well, and I talked to a few doctors, and you know, my dad being one of them, and talking about that really intense interesting dynamic of how do you break bad news to uh someone who is your patient or a relative of a patient um that you also have a personal connection to so in this case i'm you know intimately involved with the niece of my patient and so it just takes on a different dimension and um and you know so walking that professional and personal line is is tricky so it was it was good to dig into that and um and I'm hoping that I, I struck a good balance without being too uh, too cold, but also realistic and caring and, and there for the for the family. You know. All right. Well, what is it that, about Nashville? Do you think that creates its wide appeal? I think it's uh, a combination of um, some just really uh, primal storytelling. You know, they the themes of each episode are 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 very fundamental and, and primal uh as humans i think to, you know these these connections whether it's love triangles or you know estranged family members siblings um you know there are so many universal themes that i think audiences you know around the world can can relate to um you know so you combine that with some some world-class music which it really is i mean every time i watch the show and every song in every episode is so catchy. And you know, this wasn't 
this wasn't like I'm not a connoisseur of country music, but um, I've, I've become a fan. I mean, because they are such uh, incredible songs, every single one of them. So, and, and a lot of that's local Nashville songwriting talent. It's so great. So, you know, you combine you know, just some really beautiful storytelling with that music um, every episode. You know, you're just going to have an awesome time every week when you watch it. That is very and you true. know what? Gotta give a shout out to all my all my co-stars. I mean, everyone is so well cast and so talented that um, I don't know. It's a it's a good combination. It certainly is, and hopefully, it keeps working into season four. Yeah, we're gonna know pretty soon. Um, I think in another week or two, ABC will announce uh, you know thumbs up or thumbs down for us. I I feel good about it, but you just never know. So <laughs> it's uh, we're all waiting on pins and needles here. Very very tense couple of weeks. It is. It's a very, in Los Angeles, the whole town is kind of at standstill because now is upfront. So it's when uh, every network, every show, every pilot is finding out what their fate is. <laughs> so uh, a lot at stake here. Mm, uh, I don't but, envy being in your position right now. No, but, um, you know, it's it's already been so much more than I than I could have imagined. So I'm trying to just live in the moment and, and be grateful. Well, you've got really, to, yeah. It's just been a heck of a ride. Well, Nashville does have such a large, I suppose, cult or, or very involved fan following. Do you often get recognized by fans of Nashville? That's just starting to happen for the first time in my life. And um, I think I've been lucky. It's generally been a, a positive experience. I'm, you know, I'm sure if you talk to like Tom Cruise or someone, that they'll, be, they'll tell you a different story about what that's like. But for me, it's minimal and it's been uh, just a handful of times. But um a couple in nashville itself and then a couple in los angeles um but everyone's so sweet and uh n no weirdos yet you know <laughs> um but uh yeah it's uh it's the doctor you know you're the doctor on, on nashville so it's cool it's it's a weird thing you know and um but but it's cool yeah it certainly would be well, no, I did. I did briefly mention earlier and just to give it a bit of a plug the nashville cast is on tour with the show have you have you seen that yet no, but I am going. I'm attending uh, on May 9th. They're playing uh, Saturday night in Los Angeles at the Nokia Theater, this huge venue, and uh, I will be there. Um, and I'm super pumped. I've, uh, you know, I've seen them play, you know, on set when we film, but uh, just a straight up concert like this, I have not seen. So I'm very excited. Hopefully, I'll get to hang out with them either before or after they perform. But I know they've been uh, kind of running around the country like crazy. So. Um, hopefully I'll see them in the future regardless, but, um, I'm, I'm really excited for the show. It should be good. Now, how do you think the acting industry has changed since you first started working in it? Man, um, I think technology has been a huge part of it. I think, um, you know, with this age of, of high definition cameras being so affordable now, um, and now on your phone. Um, so like, uh, there's a lot more uh, self-tape auditions happening. So casting directors, rather than bringing people into the office itself to audition live in front of them, they will ask for a self-tape. And so that'll involve um, making a tape of the audition at home and uh, sending the file by email. Um, and so, I, you know, these days I'm using my iPhone <laughs> on a tripod and shooting a really high quality video and um, sending in those auditions. And that's just more and more and more the case. Um, that's been a big part of it. I think the amount of content out there has increased drastically. So you have these people like um, Hulu and Netflix and Yahoo and now Amazon and so many others doing original series. 
And that's awesome. You know, as, as a, a freelancer, the more employment out there, the better. And, um, it's been so cool. I just love that there's demand for that. Um, and now it's all, it's totally reshaping everything because now a lot of that is just instantly available. It's on demand rather than having some like choreographed release dates, like Nashville or like a, a theatrical release of a movie. A lot of it just kind of comes out instantly on demand on, on whatever website or app you have. So, um, that change that reverberates through everything that affects the money that affects the distribution that affects a lot, but, um, it's, it's changing fast, just like everything else on this planet. Very, very true. So, uh, what, what projects have you got lined up that our listeners can look forward to seeing you in? Um, hopefully Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> uh that's really been i just got back recently so i'm i'm just getting started again back here in la but um uh we have two more episodes to go we have uh, this week and next week and um and after that you know we'll see if if i am part of the future season then that would start up in july so i wouldn't have too much time uh in the interim but um, i'm certainly going to be uh out there in the market and um i did a little indie any uh thing that i can't talk about just because we're the way we're going to release it talk about how things are changing but uh something fun is going to be coming out uh, on youtube or, or something online pretty soon um and I'll, I'll be tweeting about that and, and it's a complete change of pace for me but it was a lot of fun so stay tuned for that okay now you mentioned you've got some social media accounts where would you like people to find you yeah, please find me on Twitter, um, at Nick Yondel. Uh, that's my first and last name. And, uh, and last name, J-A-N-D-L. It's a, it's a weird one. You got you to gotta, you gotta really pay, pay attention there. So at Nick Yondel on Twitter. And then uh, Instagram, I am Nick underscore Yondel. Um, so those, those are my two. That's what I do. Wonderful. Well, finally, what advice would you offer to anyone looking to work in the performance industry? Man, um, trust your gut, really trust your gut and listen to your gut. Um, you know, and that's not always easy, but, um, if your instinct is, is pushing you one way or the other, whether it's, you know, I want to fly to Los Angeles and start a career or, uh, I don't know, I really like it, but I'm not, I'm not sure, you know, that it, it's kind of an all or nothing thing in my mind. Um, if you want to do it, that's amazing. It's one of the most sublime art professions out there. I mean, it's, it's really, you know, when you can do it, it's, it's magical. Um, but it's, there's so much other BS that comes with it and it's so incredibly hard and unpredictable and risky. So you gotta be ready for all that comes with it. So just really, you know, listen to your gut. Um, and, um, and by all means, the, the world can always use more art. So, so if you want to be part of that, please help us out. Well, thank you for your advice, and it is very true. I can say that as an actor myself. It's all or nothing all the time. Yeah. You really do have to just, like, if you want to, to compete with and stay with the pack and then hopefully break free from the pack, you got to work so hard. You, there's just no, there's no downtime. you got to be producing your own stuff, you know, in, in between things and, and writing when you can and um, just becoming. But, you know, the, the last thing I will say, too, is, like, you know, I, I think real life counts too, um, which is why I hope my children don't want to be actors, at least not until they're older. 
when I do have children, um, just because I think living life outside of this world is very, very important. So I would, I would encourage people to go do that, go live a bunch of life and then come back and, uh, and use that in your, in your performance. Well, thank you for your time today and the fingers crossed for Nashville season four. Yes. Thank you so much for talking. It was a pleasure. And, um, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll be back in July. That was my chat with Nick Yondal, and I've put all the links to his uh, social media accounts in the show notes so you can find them instantly. Now, I know I'm certainly looking forward to uh, to seeing Nashville the final couple of weeks, and hopefully it does come back for season four, and uh, we'll be seeing a bit more of Nick on screen. As I said, I don't have any um, any releases from Roadshow Entertainment or Madman Entertainment to cover this month. I know that uh, for for the next podcast, I've got um, Murder, She Wrote Seasons 1 and 2. I had a look at 3 and 4 last podcast. I've got 1 and 2 that have uh, recently arrived or are just about to arrive. Um, they, they're coming any, at any rate, and I'll be checking those out very, very shortly on the, uh, on the 1st June podcast. But I have checked out a whole range of films, um, and starting with uh, The Clouds of Sils Maria. Now, this has been doing the festival uh, circuit for quite a while now, and uh, it's a sublime film. It captures the essence of real life using characters that are both relatable and empathetic, and I gave that one five stars, and I got to see that thanks to Nixco Promotions. Now, the next movie I, uh, I had a look at was Unfriended, the, uh, the horror film, and um, the paranormal thriller uses inventive filming methods from the found footage genre, but fails to scare. And I uh, gave that one three stars, and uh, I, uh, I have to Universal Pictures to thank for seeing that one. The next film I checked out was Ex Machina, or Ex Machina, there are, very, there are many different ways of saying this. But this average sci-fi thriller deals with the age-old theme of artificial intelligence and brings nothing new to the debate. One star for that one, and I, uh, I saw that one thanks to Palace Nova Cinemas. Uh, also, uh, now m- more confusingly, I uh, I saw One-Eyed Girl, which is a South Australian film. Uh, this was also thanks to Palace Nova, but I I gave this one question mark stars. Uh, I feel it's easy to read this one, as you can read all of my reviews on uh, online at uh, the website preacherspodcast.net and then go to the movie review section. But um, I've never really seen a film I just can't simply process. I have literally no words to describe this. I mean, it's South Australian. I'm proud of the fact we've produced something so thought-provoking. Yet at the same time, wish it was easier to uh, to understand. I, I, I was horrified. I was sickened. I was amazed. Uh, I, I very much struggled to, uh, to review this one. So I, I do encourage you to, to check out my full written review of that one. And uh, only a couple of days ago, I saw uh, Pitch Perfect 2. Now, I loved this movie so very much. It's a triumphant return of the uh, the Barn and Bellas, and it's, uh, it's Acker Awesome. Uh, for fans of the movie, they will get the joke. If not, you'll think I'm strange. And I gave that one four and a half stars. It's, it's a lot of fun. It, I honestly think it's better than the first movie. In fact, pretend the first one never happened and just go see that one and Get rid of the two. It's it's a much better film. It's got a better music, better cast, better guest stars, and it's just in general funnier. I've also seen Far from the Madding Crowd, and Carrie Mulligan shines in the charming period drama based on the iconic Thomas Hardy novel. Um, there there isn't a great deal I didn't like about the film, and I uh, I gave that one four stars, and I saw that thanks to Twentieth Century Fox. 
And just last night, I also checked out the premiere of A Royal Night Out. Now, the movie had an interesting premise, but awful execution. In the first five minutes, you're able to tell the movie isn't very good, and from there, it just keeps deteriorating. And I'm giving that one one star, and I saw that thanks to Paramount Pictures. So a whole wealth of movies, some good, some bad, and uh, some average. I do encourage you to check out at least one of those. Clouds of Sils Maria is incredible. Well, I've been your host, Benjamin Mayer McKay, and it's a... it's been amazing. A, a year of podcasts. So, no, this is the only one this month. It's a very special one uh, to mark the, the year anniversary. Well, it was going to be a best of, but then I had this chat and thought, well, we just need to get this one out very quickly. I'll be back next month with some more exciting interviews, and we've got another at least year uh, to come. So I, I look forward to taking the podcast well into the future. And uh, but before we do that, I would like to thank all the supporters of the show, Palace Nova Cinemas, Roadshow Entertainment, Mad Zombie Collectibles, and Mad Men Entertainment, because without them, some of these reviews would just not be possible. Once again, I've been your host, Benjamin Mambakay, and see you in June for a normal month of two podcasts. See you then. (laughs) 